No matter if the economy is up or down, healthcare careers continue to grow, especially in management. Stevenson University Online's Master's in Healthcare Management can put your career on a new track, especially for career changers with previous business, HR, or technology backgrounds. Discover new opportunities with our Healthcare Management Master's. No GREs, no application fees, and 100% online. Visit online.stevenson.edu slash healthcare management. Yeah, it's called conversations with Jeff, not screaming matches. Yeah, yeah I, 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 you and I do not agree on Calvinism. But look how nice we are to each other. I think it's going to really shock a lot of people, thrill a lot of people. A lot of people are going to have to do some soul searching. It's like, you know what? What are you doing? You're spending all your time trying to destroy another Christian because you don't understand what's going on mm-hmm. when you should be out there winning people for Jesus. Right. Thank you for the job you're doing. Thanks for being willing to address these kind of issues. They're vital to the church. I feel sorry for what's coming your way, but God bless you, man. It's it's a good, healthy conversation, and, and let's keep growing together in the Lord. People won't change unless they hear the truth, though. And so we need to know the truth, uh, speak the truth. And then the last one I would say is that we need to stay in the truth, uh, no matter what the consequences are. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Conversations with Jeff. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Just wanted to remind you guys really quick, if you guys want to check out, we have got we actually have a bookstore over at gatekeepersonline.com. Got a bunch of great resources for you there. We've got the book Church and State. We've got our book Social Injustice, how are exposing the false gospel of the social justice movement. We also have a brand new book called Five Steps to Kill a Nation by my good friend, Pastor Sam Jones. Uh, and that is actually out and available right now. So you guys can head over to gatekeepersonline.com slash store and uh, you guys can get any of those resources. Use code Jeff at checkout for 10% off. And uh, it, it's, it's a, again, bunch of great books, bunch of great resources. Definitely check that out. Uh, bringing on my good friend, Patrick White, who's actually Pastor Sam's co-host on the Shining Light podcast. But welcome back and to I Conversations. The there we go. We got the book. <laughs> good book. Very yeah. Good. I, I mean, Sam did a, Sam did a great job with that. And, and I got to say, it, it's 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 crazy how telling it is and how time timely that book is compared to what with what's going on in our country today. Yeah, that, that's the way it kind of works when you got God uh, taking care of things and, and moving everything in his time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a great read and uh, something people need to I, I mean, just methodically taking on some of these issues he's talking about the five steps to kill a nation and then. You know, you get done with a chapter, you're going, I don't see if anybody would read this, how they could disagree with Sam's premise. And then he just continues to move through. So, yeah, really a good read and a quick read, I might add. It, it's I was just talking to Sam about this last night. It it just keeps pulling you through the book. It's like a show you like watching. You're going, what's next? You know, it, it keeps you interested. It, there's no filler in there. It's just good stuff. And then you're done with it. Going, I kind of wish it would have been a longer book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's it's it, it's definitely a great book, and I highly recommend anybody going to get it. Again, you guys can you guys can get it in our store, gatekeepersonline.com, or you guys can also get it on uh, your guys' website, uh, theshininglightministries.com, as well. You guys can get it over there yeah. as well. So um, definitely check that out. Uh, but but Patrick, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today was kind of the current state 
of our country. And I know even even before we came on, you were talking about some concerns that you have with how Joe Biden's been handling things going on in like the Middle East and foreign policy and things like that. What are some of the things that you've been looking at in regards to how Biden's been handling some of those situations? I think, first of all, we, we should probably clarify that it's not Joe Biden really handling anything. He's being handled by handlers. So uh, the unknown faces behind the scene are the ones making the decisions. He's just carted out whenever he's uh, awake enough, I guess, to try to mumble through a teleprompter. But other than that, um, it's, it's these deep state leftist sources, these carryovers from the Obama White House would not be surprised to have uh, some of Obama's ideas put in there. He's probably definitely in the mix. And Harris, Kamala Harris, and some of these other characters. I mean, the worst of the worst behind the scenes are the ones making decisions. This guy's just the figurehead or the errand boy to kind of deliver the message while they're they're doing what they're doing. But uh, what we're noticing right now, um, in dramatic shifts away from what President Trump was doing, in Syria, right after Biden was, was uh, illegally sworn in, we'll put it that way, or put in, um, there was a convoy of military equipment and uh, men went back into Syria. So that whole Syrian thing is amping up again, where it was dying down. Um, and the Russians are involved on the Syrian side, so that's what makes this really interesting. The Russians have actually fired missiles at an oil field that the Turks had controlled, moved in and controlled in northern Syria, that supposedly they were siphoning off some oil, and so were, from what I understand, U.S. forces siphoning off some oil. Well, the Russians have hit those with rockets um, the last two times about the last week, kind of shutting down that pipeline of money and, and oil flowing out, money flowing into the pockets of these different people and countries. Paralegals are highly essential from law firms and courtrooms to insurance, real estate, HR, and more. If a paralegal career or law school is in your future, Stevenson University Online's Bachelor's in Legal Studies will help you achieve your goals affordably with no application fee. 100% online, approved by the American Bar Association with new online sessions starting every eight weeks. Get started today. Visit stevenson.edu slash paralegal. Stop the hacks. Stop the attacks. Stop the attacks and start taking your IT career to the next level. The Masters in Cybersecurity from Stevenson University Online can keep you one step ahead of the criminals and one step ahead of career advancement. Complete your online degree in as little as 18 months with convenient and affordable classes. Stevenson University Online, your partner for professional success. Visit stevenson.edu slash cyberwar. So there's an escalation there. Um, it's also my understanding now that there's an escalation in Ukraine. Ukraine, of course, borders Russia, formerly part of the Soviet Union. Um, Ukraine is an area that the Russians like to kind of keep uh, uh, tabs on. It, it appears right now that uh, we're doing some provocative things there, trying to uh, possibly position ourselves in involving NATO and some other countries in some sort of attack where the Ukrainian forces are going to move against a couple of breakaway provinces that move back towards Russian hands. So right now that's an interesting development. Also today, um, I guess the Russian ambassador was recalled from the United States because in an interview, Biden accused Putin, president of Russia, of being a killer and said the man had no soul. So and I think this was a George Stephanopoulos interview from what I was reading and uh, the Russians have responded that way. So there's uh, a definite deterioration relations between our country and the Russians at a time like this. And of course, with the Russians involved in the Middle East and of course in Ukraine, uh, it definitely appears like uh, there's some sort of a confrontation somebody's wanting. Of, of interest, uh, the Chinese who are uh, 
would be beneficial to them to have us and the, and the Russians go at it. And of course, Chinese money having gone to the Biden family through Hunter Biden to Joe Biden and all, all that stuff that we I think we've talked about before. But certainly there's a lot of information out there about that. The Chinese, who are, I, I believe, the, the more direct threat to this country, um, they're not being even talked about right now. This other stuff has taken our attention, and uh, that's where we're at right now. So uh, definitely not a good turn of events at all, um, but that's where we're at. So Yeah, well, you know, it, it's crazy because I remember, I remember back in 2015 and 2016 when, when the Democrats kept saying, if Donald Trump gets in as president, we're going to see World War III. And I got to say, under Trump's presidency, for, for, all, for all the crap that people threw at him, I mean, in all reality, there, there, we were mostly at peace. We didn't get any. There was no new wars. No. weren't You know, we weren't fighting. You know, it it was it was a pretty peaceful time in, in world history. And then Joe Biden gets in, and it seems like all hell breaks loose. I mean, what what do we make of this? About how quickly things seem to escalate with under Joe Biden. Well, you know, with with Trump, he, he did withdraw us out of Syria. He got rid of ISIS. I mean, he he beat them into submission, and you know. Obama said, oh, we can't beat those guys. They're just too t-. Well, Trump took them down pretty quick. When you actually want to do the job you've talked about doing, we have the military capacity to do that if you apply yourself to it. But what's happening right now, it appears there's, uh, you know, uh, whatever you want to call them, the global forces, the deep state people, or as Eisenhower called it, the military-industrial complex. So uh, these people always seem to do better when there's conflict and war. And as soon as Biden gets in, then these are the folks that look like behind the scenes that kind of take over and they seem to be itching for a fight. I mean, there's some real provocative actions. Like you said, there were no new wars uh, that Trump got us involved in. He was downscaling us in several areas. Um, But now the upswing definitely in Syria. So that means Iraq and that whole Middle Eastern region. And now a second front that's being opened up again in Ukraine. And of course, the first time when Obama was over there, they, they did what, uh, they meddled in those elections, Obama administration did, and they had a pro-Russian president, but through different actions, including using neo-Nazis, if you remember, at the time, they got that guy out of office and got a, a pro, I guess you'd say NATO or whatever guy, in, which is against the Russians, that he became the government, and that started causing a conflict at that time. Well, Trump kind of smoothed that over when he took over, and we didn't have too much more going on over there, but now that's back on the table again. So what it looks like is, where we were right prior to Trump taking office, they've just picked up the pieces and they're going like Trump never happened. I mean, they tried to erase him and they're going right back in there. Well, the world's a little bit different place right now. Um, this is not a good thing. Again, all it takes in a, in a world today like ours is a miscalculation on one side or the other or an unanticipated escalation. And where does that lead to? I mean, we know ultimately what it can lead to, but uh, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, well, you know, and, and, and it seems like, it, okay, so, so, so there's this bashing of Christians and conservatives, I think, a lot of times for, for buying into quote unquote conspiracy theories and, and, you know, and trying to discredit everybody, it seems like, on the right, uh, with that. But then, you know, and I was telling you before we came on today, there, there was that video that came out, I think it was yesterday or today, of Joe Biden going to talk to reporters. I mean, he was clearly in front of a green screen or there's some CGI work going on or, you know, something going on. And it's like, it's it's like we talk about the concerns that we have without being labeled and discredited as conspiracy theorists. What do you think about what's going on specifically when it comes to Joe Biden? And like, I'm I'm hearing some people say he's not actually president. Some people say he. I mean, there's all sorts of wild, crazy things that are being said right now. What do you make about what's really going on? 
Well, he's in a position of president. Now, as we just talked about earlier, we started this broadcast. I don't, he's not in control of his own facilities. So he's not, he's not making any decisions. He's carted out to sign executive orders that somebody else has thought up. So there's other people actually running the country. Illegitimate election, stolen election. I think we both agree on that. You look at the preponderance of evidence, which even the courts wouldn't look at, which is amazing to me, other than the fact that they, the other side did their homework pretty good and had all their bases covered. Um, you know, as big a deal as this was and as much controversy as it caused, you would think that all sides considered would want all the evidence presented in court to see if there's any legitimacy to it. Obviously, they didn't want that to happen, and that, and that stinks too. So, uh, you know, has a bad smell about it. Um, conspiracy theory, of course, a uh, term generated by the CIA in the 1960s to discredit any sort of questioning uh, of a government policy. And, of course, when you have people conditioned to, well, conspiracy theory, you're supposed to roll your eyes and, you know, you immediately discredit the person you're talking about or the idea. That way you don't have to go through the merits or demerits of that idea. So it, it completely avoids the conversation on how legitimate is the concern or the evidence or whatever. And you say, ah, that's crazy conspiracy stuff. Well, there's a difference between conspiracy theory, even in that light, and actual conspiracies. And what I think we're talking about with Joe Biden, why in the world? Now, you think at that level that they would be smart enough to pull that off, right? Not put the man in front of a green screen and make it obvious that's what he's doing, because that's dishonest. If he's in his basement or wherever he's at, or, you know, just show him in his basement or wherever he's at. He's not outside. Obviously, the reason he's not outside, he's not really capable of doing those things. So um, is, is he a, a legitimate president? Well, he's in the office installed illegitimately, but at least whatever is left of him is. But the man's obviously, he's incapable of having a conversation. So um, he's not in control. There's a definite agenda going here, and we're seeing the legislation move forward, and we're seeing the, the different policies they're pushing. This is not the product of Joe Biden's mind. Now, if he were a Joe Biden of 20 years ago when his mind was still functioning, he'd probably go along with all this stuff. But uh, now it's in other people's hands, and we're just going to see what unfolds. Yeah, well, and, and then I think that, that that kind of leads into bringing it back to within, you know, you know Christianity, you know, like, you know, and, and, you know, talking about, you know, everything from like Beth Moore leaving the SBC, and it seems like that's because of her, you know, never Trump mentality, and apparently never or Trump Trumpism has taken over the SBC last I checked I don't think that's legit but but what do you, what do you make of this continued never Trumpism and it seems like continued support of Joe Biden in spite of the fact that he's clearly not well and clearly not running the show well it's kind of amazing that Trump is out of office but they're acting like this guy's just imminently there like Trumpism this Trumpism that um it was bigger than Donald Trump. Conservatism is bigger than Donald Trump. It was there before Trump came along, um, and it is, it's still there after he's gone. I don't think Donald Trump has anything to do with it, but it's amazing how these people just can't get over this guy. They're obsessed with him. And so everything that's happening even now, you know, it's Donald Trump's fault. Beth Moore's leaving the Southern Baptist Convention because of Trumpism. What? You look at the leadership of the Southern Baptist Convention, it's pretty liberal, and that liberal goes to the Democratic side. And she's liberal, of course, non-biblical, the things she stands for. I guess it's just not liberal enough, fast enough for her, because there's still some good folks in the in the SBC trying to salvage that operation. But with, with everything going on, woke and the feminism and, and all the stuff that she's trying to push, um, she's making a statement. She did get her, you know, her name in the spotlight once again. I'm just hoping that that will inspire some other people like-minded like her, like Russell Moore, who said if there's not a place in the SBC for for uh, Beth Moore, there's probably not a place for a lot of us. Well, 
take your advice, Russell, and why don't you join Beth and take some of your liberal cohorts with you. J.D. Greer can go and Dwight McKissick and uh, these other characters, Al Mohler, take them all and start something else. But, of course, that's not what they want to do. They've infiltrated what was a conservative bedrock denomination or institution, I should say, uh, in Christian both politics and theology in this country, and they've they've turned it into a liberal organization. Now, a lot of people in the SBC are, are fighting against that, I know a few, but the majority are willing to go along with it. They're the starry-eyed, um, you know, loyalist of, of what's turned out to be social justice. So, um, good luck to the SBC, but, I mean, it is a good step to see Beth Moore step out of it. Paralegals are highly essential from law firms and courtrooms to insurance, real estate, HR, and more. If a paralegal career or law school is in your future, Stevenson University Online's Bachelor's in Legal Studies will help you achieve your goals affordably with no application fee. 100% online, approved by the American Bar Association with new online sessions starting every eight weeks. Get started today. Visit stevenson.edu slash paralegal. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com dash spirit park. Any, anytime we, you know, they lose a, somebody like that, that, that's good for the SBC. But uh, I'm afraid there's not going to be the exodus we were just talking about. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, on, on one hand, it's it's at least it's reassuring to know that Beth Moore is never going to be president of the SBC if, she, if she's not a part of yeah. it anymore. So so, so right. that's that's definitely a good thing. But I think specifically with a lot of these guys that, that you were naming, I mean, you know, Russell Moore, Al Mohler, uh, Beth Moore, you could even go Karen Swallow Pryor, McKissick. They all they all seem to identify as conservatives, but when, when push comes to shove, it seems like their ideology is anything, but, but specifically with like a Beth Moore, like I grew up within the church where, you know, it was always her Bible studies were the ones that were taught in church for the women, for the women's ministries. And it was specifically, specifically because she was seen as a solid conservative Christian evangelical women's leader, right? What are your main concerns with the Beth Moore that would show she's not actually quite that conservative? Well, I think there's a lot of them that at the time when conservatism was more popular to be, um, that that's where they were. They were more like chameleons. Al Mohler's another example of that, who kind of initially had a, a, a uh, reputation of being conservative. But if you go back to his theological school days, some of the people are saying, you know, he was actually quite liberal in his personal views. He just went along with the conservative wave to kind of find his place and move up. Well, the same thing with Beth Moore. Uh, she did have the reputation of being conservative, but as things have gotten more liberal and more accepting of liberal ideas, she certainly went with that. Russell Moore himself, you know, got his start as a Democratic uh, staffer uh, for a congressman in, in uh, Louisiana. 
or no, I think it was Mississippi. It was Mississippi. And so he's always been um, of a Democratic slant. You can, you know, he doesn't hide it. Um, but he still, you see his policies, he, he tries to downplay things, but his words oftentimes don't match with his actual actions, um, such as the time that he was campaigned against Judge Roy Moore in Alabama for a special senatorial election. Well, Judge Moore was more pro-life than anybody in, in the Senate, as far as I know. And Russell Moore, who claims to be pro-life, actively campaigned against him, saying all these Democratic smears were true, and they discouraged a lot of Christians, and they stayed home. And what we got ultimately out of that was Doug Jones, Planned Parenthood, liberal Democrat Doug Jones, in as a senator. So you have a pro-life guy that actually helped install a liberal uh, pro-abortion senator. So, you know, words and deeds don't match up with these people. Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. And I think the thing that is getting lost in all of this within evangelicalism and especially this debate over politics is seems like it's the gospel. I'm not hearing anybody really out there preaching or proclaiming the gospel. They're talking about their hatred for Trump or even their love for Trump. But it seems like the thing that we should be focusing on the most, and I'm not saying exclusively by any means, but it seems like nobody's even dis discussing it anymore. Well, the gospel is why we're Christians. I mean, it's the only hope we have. Jesus Christ is the only hope for mankind or womankind or any kind. Without Jesus Christ, there is no religion, uh, uh, Christian faith, and there is no way to heaven. So what Satan gets us going on, whether we're talking about social justice or arguing over these different ideas, you're precisely right. We're, if we're taking our time that we could be proclaiming the gospel to the lost, and we're fighting all these brush fires and wars, sometimes, which is really sad to me, we have people on the same side, like, say, say we're, we're, we're against social justice, but yet we even turn on each other over other things and, and so we're fighting each other and the enemy all along is satan and he's the one that's deceiving people and, and people are going to hell because of that deception they're not hearing the gospel like you're saying yeah everything in church now is talking about wokeness or this or that or social something social justice related or we're going to do this or the borders and we're taking on a bunch of political stuff especially the, the they're pushing the leftist democrat narrative just whatever the democrats want that's kind of what they're trying to present as christian and lost in all this is, even though we're fighting the good fight, is do we take the time to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ? And you're absolutely right. We're not taking enough time doing that. We're not reaching out to people. Can we do all these things together? I think we can. We need to properly prioritize. But whenever we're fighting these fights, whenever we're talking about a fake, we always need to present the genuine so the fake can be more easily seen. In. And uh, the genuine, of course, is the Bible. The truth, the Bible, that is objective truth. It is ultimate truth. You know, sometimes I think there's a lot of people reading a lot of different books. It's good to read books. I, I just read Pastor Sam's book, but I also make sure every day I'm reading my Bible, too. And that's the ultimate source of truth. Does everything else I read either coincide with it or is it against it? And that's what we need to continually refresh and renew our mind and, and pray about these things because it's easy to get distracted in today's world, lose track of time, lose track of what our true priorities are. And I'm so glad you said that because... That is our priority. That's our calling no matter what else we do. Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, Jesus applied that to all believers. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of times it seems like it, it's really easy for especially conservatives and conservative Christians specifically to kind of get distracted because it seems like the left is always on the offensive. And then the right is always kind of reacting to what the left is throwing at us. Right. And so then it, it's easy to get, you know, look over here, look over here, look over here. But at the same time, that should be an opportunity. If they're talking about systemic racism, we should be able to take that. 
and then bring that back to the gospel. You know, we're all one under Christ. We're all created by God. Like there's certain ways that we can work that out. And it seems like we keep missing a lot of these perfect opportunities to point back to the gospel because we're just so focused on the political point. And that's me talking about, you know, I, I host two political podcasts, you know, it's, it, it's something that I'm constantly thinking about too, you know? Well, you know, Jesus is the same goes. Jesus came to save souls, not skins. And uh, we all have equal value in the eyes of the Lord. We don't all have equal abilities and life's not necessarily fair. Well, and that's the way it's supposed to be. There's there, not everybody's supposed to be equal in our abilities or what we do or what we, uh, how we perform in life. But we are equal of value in the sight of the Lord. Um, what makes us even more valuable with the Lord, of course, when we're doing his work and doing his will. And uh, we need to make sure that's always his will, not our will, because sometimes we get going and we kind of lose track of him. And, hey, don't worry, God, I got this. You, you know, And that's when we get into trouble, too, is starting to take uh, independence from God so we can go ahead and complete the mission, so to speak, without talking to the commanding officer on a continuous basis to make sure that our orders are, are where they should be. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it is a time, and I think Satan's a good strategist. I mean, if you can overwhelm people from all different sides, I mean, that's a great attack. The thing is, we don't have to respond to every attack. There, you know, we each have to pick our fights, and, and, but we need to always keep our eye on what the prize is. And the prize in this life is even not our nation, as patriotic as we are. Um, the nation will go away. It's not our house. It's not our fortune. It's not our money. Um, it, the only thing that goes out of this life is individual souls. That's the only eternal, valuable thing. And we walk by lost souls every day. They're in our family. They're our friends. They're in our circle of influence. Are we reaching out to these people? Are we so busy fighting the, the good fight, you know, these other things we're doing? And uh, you're right. We, we need to be praying about this and uh, let the Lord focus us. Let the Holy Spirit lead us and then uh, do what we need to do. And, you know, you and I, God has given this platform amongst others, and he's, he's brought us together, so there's a purpose here. Um, so we need to be doing what we can, and I'm glad for this opportunity to talk to you, and uh, once again, thanking you for what you do. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it, for, for, for me, I'll obviously, like, doing a lot of these kinds of shows and interviewing people, like, even having you on my show, it, for me, it's just, it's it's fun. I, I like picking pe people's brains, you know, and that sort of thing. But one thing that I feel like coming back to this whole idea of, of discussing, you know, like the gospel and dealing with issues is I've been talking a lot with like Denise McAllister and a lot of her writings that we've been posting on, on the gatekeepers and that sort of thing. It seems like her consistent theme is this debate between objective truth versus subjective truth. And that's what a lot of these debates are really need to kind of come down to. And I think that a lot of times we forget that and we kind of go into a lot of these fights. We're fighting things, but we're fighting over subjective truth as opposed to bringing it back to objective, which again, could allow us to bring back a lot of these conversations to the gospel. Um, from from your perspective, how do we take a lot of these issues and bring it back to the gospel, bring it back to objective truth when there's so many and it seems like there's so far and it's hard to get people to pin down on what they actually believe? Well, you're right. So the subjective truth where people are actually offering opinion. So that's their subjective truth. So it's one man's opinion against another man's opinion or woman's opinion. So we have historical facts, so that's part of it. But, you know, there's two people can watch exactly the same incident. Let's say a, a car wreck in an intersection. And when the police interview them, they both saw exactly the same thing, maybe slightly different uh, vantage points. But sometimes you get different stories because one focuses on one aspect more so than the other. It's the same event, but it's different information about the same event filtered through what the person saw and who they are. So... We have that anytime we're talking subjective truth. What's my opinion? What's your opinion? We have our opinions. 
but you, you bring up a good point. The ultimate source of truth is the Bible. So if we're debating a point, such as Beth Moore saying, well, you know, maybe more egalitarian, we should have women pastors. This, this is what she's pushing towards, right? Um, she was complementarian. Now she's she's egalitarian. So again, let's take it. What does the Bible? Okay, I have my opinion. You have yours. But what does the Bible say? And my opinion should coincide with what the Bible says. So on any given issue, uh, we can debate the merits or something as, as secular people would do. But why do that when we're as Christians? We should be seeing what the Bible says. And the Bible is not ambiguous on these things we're talking about. God says something specific. He didn't say something that could be one or two ways. It's just like laws don't mean diametrically opposed things. And yet we have hung juries sometimes or on the, on the courts. We have a court that says five to four decision. Well, if we're looking at the same law and the law is very specific and the, and the scope of the law is very specific, how can four justices say it's one way and five justices say it's another way? Same thing with us. What the Bible says, we need to look at it literally. What does the Bible say? Because God wouldn't throw something out there to confuse us. That's Satan's the author of confusion, not God. When God's very specific about what he says, you either accept it, and that's our objective truth, or you somehow try to twist it towards your agenda. And again, that lets you know what people are truly after. Are they after truth, or are they after an agenda apart from the truth? And what we're dealing with on the left is people apart from the truth with a different agenda. Um, as Paul would say, the gospel we're talking about, they're preaching another gospel. And it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Jesus they talk about is a manufactured Jesus of agenda, not the Jesus of the Bible. That Jesus doesn't save you. That Jesus is a political rallying point for their point of view. And liberalism is not anything we want to do. Oh, yeah. What, what, what? 100%. You know, and, and what, one question that, that I did want to bring up to you, uh, and, and it was an interesting comment that was made by, by John MacArthur at, at his, I think it was at his uh, conference that he posted about, about a week or two ago. It was specifically that he was saying that Christians shouldn't fight for religious liberty because by doing so, you're also fighting for idolatry and and their freedom to worship you know false idols false gods false religions and and it's been an interesting debate going along with with that kind of thought process what do you make what do you make of whether christians should take a for for religious liberty or should we be trying to push more for christian morality enforcing christianity uh that's how, how do we work that out as christians in the political sphere well, religious liberty, I've never liked that idea. We, we wouldn't have talked that way 200 years ago. We would have talked about the, the freedom to worship God. And, I, and that's what the, the nation was founded on. If you look at uh, um, the wording of the First Amendment in different ways, I believe it was Mason said, uh, you know, the, the, the right for, for different Christian sects to worship God. So the idea wasn't that all religions are the same. The idea was that um, we weren't going to make one particular Christian sect the official denomination of the United States. So I don't like that that word of religious liberty. I, I do think that um, our First Amendment does provide for free worship, but I think there should definitely be a preference, and what we're fighting for is the Christian faith, not other false religions, and we don't want to make them even seem equal. When we say religious, then we, we kind of put all religions on an equal playing field. In this country, and in reality, subjective or objective truth is there is one true religion and all the rest of them are not true. And that's the exclusivity of Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's way too excluding for a lot of the Unitarian uh, universalist thinking that all paths lead to God. 
But nonetheless, that is the truth. That's a, a particular situation where we either agree with it or we don't. If we do agree with it, we better be following the Lord and we better be standing for what we believe in and not giving in to these other people and their ideas trying to coddle them or to get along and compromising the truth of that we know. That leads to, to a bad place. And that's what's really happened to Christianity, I believe, is it's getting so fragmented from all these attempts at accommodation for all these other ideas. I'll tell you, when you stand before God, he, he's not going to, the standard isn't, well, what did, would Buddha think or were you making other people happy? The question is, am I making the Lord happy? Am I being a faithful and obedient to the Lord? Yeah, and, and I think, yeah, and, and I think it's it's an important discussion that I think that we need to be having within the conservative movement and even within the Republican Party about about what's going to be our future. Because I know, like, even like uh, I don't know if you saw, but like Lauren Witzke got into a Twitter feud with Rick Grinnell over you know transgenderism within the Republican Party and homosexuality within the Republican Party and whether there's room for those and things like that. Well. Lauren got pretty much kicked off of Twitter for her take on that, which, which is more along the lines of, of the Christian perspective. And then Rick Grinnell is pushing for, you know, full on acceptance, not just tolerance, but acceptance of it within the Republican Party. And I think that that's something that we as Christians, we are going to have to figure out how can we even continue down this path within within the Republican Party, within the GOP, if they're going to do a full on embrace of of outright sin, I think that's going to be a difficult decision. I think a lot of Christians are going to have to make moving forward. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Well, it's funny that they're trying to make these, they're trying to weave these into saying these are conservative ideals. See, the Democrats are ideologues. you got to give it to them what they believe. They do believe, and they fight tooth and nail for whether the majority or the minority. And they have a fervor about it. Uh, there are claims in the Republican side we're conservatives, we believe in morality, but you see these sorts of things coming into it, um, the homosexuality seeping in. So there's a difference between a political and the, and the objective truth that we're talking about. The thing about conservatism or any sort of a political movement is over time it can change depending on what the people that are leading it are pushing it and what people within the movement are willing to accept. The Bible never changes. God does not change. He's not written any updates to it. He's the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Um, that's God. He's immutable. He, I do not, I'm the Lord your God. I do not change. So we have to keep that in mind and not get so caught up, well, because I'm a Republican, 
uh, maybe we can go along this. I saw this in some of the local Republicans talking to them, um, that people were willing to start compromising on some of these things. The Democrats, being the ideologues they are, they don't necessarily care if they're in power or out of power as long as their ideas are moving forward. And, you know, it's a great time for them right now when they can seize power, even illegally, but also have their ideas move into the Republican Party, the only, you know, that's the organized opposition, if you will. And more and more, they're becoming alike in what they believe. So, um, you know, you and I, we're outside a political party, too. There's probably a definite preference there, a definite preference. But ours is to be in fidelity to what the Bible says. God's morality, his sovereignty is unique, and he's the only one capable and, and to, to be able to make these distinctions for us. So we have to understand that, that, you know, like you said, we're fighting this, not just fighting the left or fighting the Democrats, but we're fighting it within the Republican Party. Rhinos, if you want to call them that. And there's more and more. It's interesting that Africa, you know, the rhinos over there are becoming extinct over here in America. They're flourishing. So, you know, <laughs> maybe we should ship them to Africa. I don't yeah, I mean, you know, but 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 yeah, yeah. I, I I feel I feel like making making that point, the Democrats would get would get you kicked off of every single social media platform for for racism apparently because everything is racist. It seems like nowadays. But 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 I, but I think with within within you know Christianity, and we've we've got the next few years now where we've got it where it's it's Democrats running the White House, Democrats running both sets of you know both Senate and the House. At a, at, at a certain point, I think a lot of Christians are kind of being, uh, being, I guess, uh, disheartened, I guess you could say with, okay, how, how can we actually move forward on pro-life issues on, on, you know, pro-Christian values and things like that when the left controls our federal government? So as Christians, how should we maneuver the next four years, uh, without essentially any, any control of the feds? Well, you know, the, the federal government was never intended to be the powerful, overbearing monstrosity that it was. The, the real battle should have been, and we should be focusing on this anyway all along, is the states have sovereignty within their borders. If you just had one governor that had the guts and the constitutional understanding to say, look, the federal government doesn't have the authority or judges don't have the authority to override the state laws that we passed or the amendments to the Constitution of our states we passed, therefore... We're going to end this constitutional crisis we've been under for decades now, and we're going to reclaim the sovereignty and the rights that states have always had under the Constitution. We're going to buck the trend of just knuckling under and being a, a, an instrument of the federal government and the federal judiciary. Um, we're going to actually do things the way the Constitution said, and we're going to let the will of the people of Iowa determine. And it, it was the, whatever laws were on the book at the time, 1973, Roe v. Wade, which abortion would have been illegal and that man cannot be married to another man, which was in Iowa. Uh, that was part of the, where we're at, that was part of the state uh, constitution. That, that was an amendment put in there that the people actually had voted on. Um, so you just need one, of course, you haven't seen that sort of uh, spine. That's not good for your political career. It's not good for anything for you, but it is the right thing to do. So um, what we need to be as Christians is realize that, uh, again, that this is a temporary place. We, we do our fighting, I guess, but... We've been fighting politically. We've been telling people, well, abortion's wrong and don't vote for abortion. Well, a non-Christian is going to look at that and go, well, why is it wrong? So what we need to be doing, if we're doing the first thing we just talked about, which was proselytizing, which is spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, a saved, changed person votes and thinks much differently than they did before they were saved. So if we were doing our jobs as Christians all these many years, all these individuals out there that now 
form of bulwark of non-belief would be actually believing Christians. So that's one point of looking at it. But even within the church, we have a lot of people in the church that claim to be a Christian faith that don't have even a Christian worldview. And that's a real problem. All the deceit and, and things going on in church, we're doing our best with the books and the different things we do to point that out. We need to get the word spread around. We get, need to get people to actually take their faith seriously and take a look at the man in the pulpit that they're listening to and say, is this man being faithful to the word of God? Or does he have a different agenda? Or is he looking for his own popularity? Is he aligning with places like the Gospel Coalition so he can maybe be the next superstar? You know, is he in it for himself? Is he a hireling? Or is he actually a shepherd called to God? And churches need to look at this too and say, look, we, we, if this guy's not who, he, who we need, they need to remove him or you need to find another church. The real problem is uh, the same forces that have been in education for so many years have also been in seminaries. And they're cranking out these young men that are going in to be pastors and they're twisting their minds. And these guys come out, you know, disillusioned maybe like, well, I thought the Bible said this, but my professor says it's, it actually means this. And they get confused and they come out and go, well, I guess my professor knows what he's doing. He's been a professor for 20 or 30 years. He's this eminent person. I'm just this young guy. So obviously I don't know as much as he does. And again, you knuckle under. And uh, we're to revere God with that sort of faith, not men. So it, it's a pretty complicated thing in some ways, but it's pretty simple in other ways when we realize we need to stay rooted in the Bible and that objective truth. And it gives us clear direction in these other battles we're talking about we need to fight. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing that, that I think that we all have to remember as well, like we are in a spiritual battle. Like this isn't just political. It's not culture. It, like this is a spiritual battle. And ultimately it comes down to the gospel. And we've got to figure out how do we get it back to that? And even within our churches, it's sorely lacking within our churches. We got to figure out how do we make it? How do we take it back to the gospel. So th I, I kind of want to leave everybody with that. But Patrick, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll definitely have you back on again because I always love picking your brain. Um, but but I really appreciate it. Remind everybody uh, where they can uh, follow you and get your writings, shows, all that kind of stuff. So Pastor Sam and I both, Shining Light Podcast um, or ShiningLightMinistries.com. We do the Shining Light Podcast. We put articles on. Of course, we're, we're on uh, Gatekeepers too. So uh, that's another place to find us. Um, sometimes we'll put in uh, Iowa Standard will we'll carry our stuff sometimes, but the two main places would be, of course, the Shining Light Ministries uh, and the Gatekeepers. So that's that's where you find our stuff. Um, we're, we're staying busy, um, as you are, too. Uh, i got to get another article out here. I think by the end of the week is what I'm, I'm thinking about doing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of work to do, and, and uh, it's it's honoring that God chooses his workers to do the work that we're doing. So. Oh yeah, that, that, that's for sure. And I highly encourage everybody definitely go subscribe to their show. That way you guys are notified every time they come out with a new episode. Cause it's, it's always fascinating because everything, whether it's political or theological, is all rooted in scripture. So I highly encourage you guys to check out the Shining Light podcast. So, but Patrick, again, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for, uh, for joining me. And then everybody else that's watching as well, make sure you guys subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts. We're going to be, uh, trans slowly transitioning over to hosting all of our video content, specifically on the Gatekeepers website as well. And specifically just because of all the censorship and all that kind of stuff that's going on. Uh, my other podcast network, Freedom First Network, has already been deplatformed off of YouTube, Spotify, Transistor, a bunch of other places as well. So I'm, we're trying to figure out different ways around all this crazy censorship. So that's kind of one thing we're going to be doing. So go to gatekeepersonline.com. Check that out. You guys can subscribe over there as well. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we shall catch you guys next time.
Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com-spiritpark. 